We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello, West Spookies. Christina here. I just wanted to let everyone know before the episode starts that we did record this a couple of weeks ago. And so MJ was not here. She has some fun family stuff to do that were probably better than being up at nine and recording. Not that I'm not up at nine. I am up at nine. I'm just not recording at that time. It's too early for me. Haven't had my coffee. Anyway, we have a guest on this episode from the Crypto Science Society, which is an alliance of scholars dedicated to studying the strange and unusual. And they're here to tell us all about their investigation in a beautiful town in Mexico. And before that, I just want to thank everyone that made it to the movie night. If you want to show up for future movies, then just make sure to give me a follow on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash spooky underscore Christina. That's going to be linked in the show notes. And I was mistaken. You do need to have your own Prime account to watch whatever I'm watching on Prime. But this way we can watch it together. You can participate in the chat. I was mistaken about that, so my bad. But yeah, if you want to join on Future Movie Nights, then make sure that you give me a follow. And just one last thing. Our guest did join us all the way from Estonia in Europe and had no mic or headphones or things like that. So uh, the audio quality is a little bit off from our usual. But he just had a lot of amazing things to tell us about uh, San Miguel de Allende. So hopefully you can get past that. And now on to the episode. Hi everyone, this is Christina, and today there is no MJ, she has some plans, so here we are. And today we will be talking about some legends from San Miguel de Allende with a wonderful guest. And our our wonderful guest here today actually went to San Miguel de Allende um, not too long ago. Uh, go ahead and tell us about yourself and what you have going on and all that. Okay, well, hello, Spookies. Thanks for uh, letting me be on the show and thanks for helping me... Uh, find the, all the spooky stuff in San Miguel de Allende for my trip. So my name is Jason Cordova, and I'm uh, the president and co-founder of an organization called the Crypto Science Society, which uh, started out as a student organization at the Metropolitan State College of Denver in uh, Denver, Colorado. And uh, we study all manner of strange and unusual phenomena. And uh, we've been going on for well, 16 years now, and we're really excited to collaborate with other groups and podcasts that have the same uh, interests and mission as we do. 16 years, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it feels, it's kind of weird. Like, it doesn't feel like that long, but... Um, and go back and look at pictures from like back then. It's like, oh my God, what was yeah. going on? So yeah, let's do the listener story. Then we'll get into uh, San Miguel de Allende. And if you have any stories that you want to share with us, email us at spookytales at gmail.com or send us a DM on any of our socials. So here's the listener story. Hi, y'all. I have a Lechusa story to share. Listening to your story about brujas and turning into a ball of fire reminded me of a time that it was in a little pueblo in Coahuila, Mexico. We would spend summer vacation with my grandparents, and this particular time, Lechuza's stories were new. My grandma said that her little dog was barking one night at one thing that was out on the roof of her house. I was intrigued and became obsessed with learning about them. 
One night, I went outside to sit on a mesedora and I noticed what looked like balls of fire in the sky, moving around fast. Then a huge black mass was coming towards me and I heard wings flapping. I later realized it was a lechuza flying over me and shrieked. It sounded like a cat. I was so excited that I saw one. I ran inside to tell my family. They were like, get inside. (laughs) They were not excited. (laughs) Uh, And then she writes, that's my story. Love your podcast. Keep me incognito. Will do. (laughs) Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, you could be excited. Uh, Not being excited isn't always a a positive thing, right? You'd be freaked out. I would be, yeah, I would be very scared and I would, I would not be told, need to be told to run inside. Right, right. <laughs> have you ever seen a Bruja Ball? No, I have not. My entire family and my grandma, my grandma's from Zacatecas mm-hmm. before she moved to Guadalajara. And like, there's like a whole thing about Zacatecas. People say las brujas vienen mm-hmm. de Zacatecas, the witches come mm-hmm. from Zacatecas. Mm-hmm. And she has like a ton of stories of seeing like the fireballs. Yeah and encountering them and but and then my mom as well my great grandma was very into trying to find uh her witch friends to curse people for her so she would take my mom (laughs) with her (laughs) to these meetings and so my mom has a lot of like seeing these things happen so she's she's got her knock list yeah yeah she had a list like again that Mm -hmm, one and that one and that one (laughs) Yeah, have we done her? I don't. Let's just do her again. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> we already hit her. Ah, oh, no. Well, she's still around, so she needs another one. It's fine. Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> oh dang! <laughs> so I have this weird thing. Like, I think I asked you too about like if you if you had any pictures or drawings of the the fireballs itself, like when they transform, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah, I have yeah. this weird. I I, I wonder. Because we have this, you know, like all around the world, people have like different kinds of, sometimes they call them spook lights or fairy lights or, you know, uh, in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But like the fireballs that the brujas are said to transform into, it seems it's very distinct, right? So like I want to kind of mm-hmm. try to see, maybe do like a comparison. Because I've even, I have, I have... A thing that I saw uh, when I was a little kid mm-hmm. that to me, I don't think it was a fireball. It it was very different. I thought it was a UFO actually, and like, but as it, oh. as time has gone on, I've kind of like thought back and questioned it. Like, wait a minute, was I actually seeing something other than I thought I was? But I guess that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> right? Wow. I have heard that there's like a a weather thing that happens in the mountain areas with fireballs. Yeah. And so I'm like, that could really be the fireballs that like people you say think, like ball are. lightning, maybe? Because I've thought maybe. about that yeah, too. Yeah, I've read about it, but I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what I either know. one looks like. <laughs> I've, I've only ever heard about it. And it's super rare, right? And scientifically mm-hmm. speaking, it should... It, just like lightning when it's really dry right like really dry high static kind of environment so like mm-hmm. you know a lot of mexico and a lot of like the southwest and colorado and new mexico it's pretty high elevation and it's a really dry climate so mm-hmm. yeah maybe maybe that's part of it 
because there's a um, the village where my great grandma's from, uh, Los Salsas, Colorado. There's a, uh, a, a hill, the hill of the hill of the witches, La Sierra. Oh, Sierra de Brujas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And where they like in the fifties, in the nineteen fifties and forties, mm, people said all the time they saw the lights dancing around, and it, everybody was just convinced that's where the witches go to do their witchy things. And and Ooh, okay, I'm gonna have to look into this. Yeah, little place. yeah, I've got a picture. I can send you a picture of it. But it was like oh yeah, but like after nineteen forty something was like it stopped and like oh all activities i've been down there i've even gone to look at and took my own pictures but like there's nothing there anymore oh wow they all moved yeah yeah (laughs) like everybody left right it's like after world war ii Mm -hmm. everybody left down the san luis valley wow but anyway that's that's a whole tangent yeah right (laughs) So yeah, we can um, get into San Miguel de Allende here. Sure. So it's a colonial era city in Guanajuato, Mexico. It's small with cobblestone roads, beautiful buildings, amazing food I hear. And it's also full of legends. Yes, very much so. And when I I knew it was, so this was kind of a random uh, thing. A friend of ours invited us to go down there with her. Um, it was like right after COVID, we all got vaccinated and we're like, okay, we can actually leave again. We can go do stuff. We can yeah. travel. So like, <laughs> here's, uh, here's where we're going. And so I, I reached out to, uh, you to ask if you had any inside scoop and you gave me a few tips and really helped guide our journey. So I'm excited for it. And I have a little more detail on the history too. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Love it. I, I, Here I for went it. deep. I dug deep. Uh, so San Miguel de Allende is a beautiful colonial city in Guanajuato. It was built upon an even older civilization. When the Spanish arrived in the early 16th century, the city was known, um, now known as San Miguel, was an indigenous Chichameca village called Itzquinampan. The Spanish claimed the settlement and founded a mission dedicated to the Archangel Michael and a military outpost to support the silver mining and slavery operations in 1555. The name Allende comes from Ignacio Allende, who was born there later and played a key role in Mexico's War of Independence from 1810 to 1821. So our first haunt was the Hotel Sierra Nevada which uh, is an authentic collection of beautifully restored, once privately owned colonial casinos. It's a mixture of 16th to 18th century Spanish colonial mansions located only a block and a half away from the cathedral and the main city square. Um, There are 37 rooms and suites, and they're spread among uh, six main buildings in including Casa de, del Parque, uh, which was mm-hmm. a fort in the 17th century and later a customs house uh, catering to the silver trade, and Casa Principal, which was the former residence of San Miguel de Allende's archbishop in 1580. And it's an official historic landmark. 
just like any hotel, it has a really awesome restaurant. And so we dined <laughs> there. And while we were waiting for our bill, um, I asked the waiter what he knew about Fantasmas and El Monje de Casa Caballo, which means the monk of the horse house. Which is weird because he, he wasn't a monk. He was actually a butler, but for some... Oh, yeah, because he dressed up as a monk sometimes. It was like this weird thing. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. And so the waiter paused for a moment and asked, how do you know about that? And I was like, I, well, I just told him I'm a paranormal investigator and my friends uh, recommended that I come here. So he said, okay, uh, hold on a minute. I'm not the one to ask, but then he called his colleagues who new details of the history and had personal experiences with the spirits there. So uh, we were introduced to Benjamin and uh, after some chatting, he offered to show us some of the most haunted places of the hotel. And so, as I mentioned before, the hotel is made up of multiple unconnected buildings spread throughout the city. Benjamin led us through the cobblestone streets under a light rain just after dusk to El Casa Caballo. Uh, this house is said to be haunted by a former butler named Gustavo. This is the, the monk of the horse house. And during stormy nights, legend has it that Gustavo's spirit appears looking for whoever wants to talk to him over a cup of coffee. And it is said that the smell of freshly brewed coffee is always present around the house. Oh, that's nice, actually. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> and it's really, it's really kind of cozy. It's really pleasant. Like if we, uh, I would totally stay in any of these rooms in this hotel if I was to go back again. And I didn't even check to see how much they cost, but I, I don't know that they're, they're probably pretty pricey. Yeah. But it would be totally yeah. worth it. At least even for just one night, right? Yeah, yeah. But on our, we had a private, our private uh, backstage after hours tour. <laughs> we were permitted to explore on our own for a few minutes and we took some photos. And in accordance with our standard practice, we also greeted any spirits who might be there. And we introduced ourselves and explained what we were doing. And we invited Gustavo to communicate if he would like to. And upon leaving, we said goodbye and let the spirits know that um, please stay here. Uh, we, we don't need you coming home with us. Yeah. Because the, um, they called the uh, hitchhiker effect is, is for real. It's definitely a thing. I've, I've read stories and heard stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we always say, please stay, stay here. Don't want to pick anything up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we didn't get any pictures like nothing came up on our pictures we didn't really experience anything did you smell like the uh, coffee aroma I think I did but I I feel like it's so easy to be to hear it and then be like right, oh yeah I right? smell it the, um, yeah uh, mm -hmm. I forget what, what's it called it's just the, the highly subjective su su subjective environment like a bias yeah, or something yeah, yeah. Is it a it's bias? just a suggestive yeah, environment something like that. right so you start yes, thinking yes. everything is up and, and it's really really easy to get caught up in that so i think maybe mm -hmm. but then again um it's kind of a, a kind of a hipster town too 
Mm, like so a lot of artists and stuff like, like kind of upscale in that area too so like it could just be coffee from everywhere but who knows mm, yeah now the next one is uh our next stop was the park house which during the war of independence was used as a barracks for the soldiers um later the house was purchased by a rich family and uh maria teresa was a young woman who lived there became ill and died in the house and her spirit is still said to be there, and she supposedly appears in the garden feeding the squirrels or in the kitchen looking for goodies. Um, we were led through the halls and took photos all the while, paying respect to the spirits who may be residing there. Now, numerous staff members said that they'd had experiences, and usually this comes up time and time again. Everybody we talked to, Talked about how the the children uh, are the only ones who see her. <gasps> oh, right? and so uh, although adults have experiences, it's always it, it's only the kids that actually see her. Wow. Yeah, and uh, one of the staff members, and now in this house we talked to, was named Francisco. He had. Things happen where doors open and close on their own and table settings. He would come in and like set the table and then go back to get more stuff and come back and it would be all rearranged and like nobody's there. And so he's <laughs> wow. like, yeah, dealing with like, come on, come on, guy. Just let me set the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, across from the park house is uh, a communal washing area. And this little placita, this little square, um, has been used for centuries by the residents of the community to wash their clothes. And it is said that on certain nights, specifically Tuesdays and Sundays, according to Francisco, an ethereal woman can be seen toiling away at the wash basin. Huh. Yeah. And unfortunately, we were not able to be there on those days. Like those, it just happened. Mm, like those mm -hmm. were not the days we were there. Yeah. But it is interesting to note that all of the pictures that we took of this spot on the night of our excursion came back blurry and completely unidentifiable. Like they oh, were just wow. really messed up. And then the next day, uh -huh. went back and took pictures and everything was perfectly clear. Wow, weird. So that's the strangest <laughs> photo anomaly that we encountered directly. And it is really cool. Like it's it it there's a feel there. Like definitely a sense mm -hmm. of you know, I mean anytime like it's it's just been used for so long and this is just a yeah. thing you can you can feel that energy there. But it, and it feels different at night than it does during the day. And then we have the La Carreta de Muerte, the cart of death. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this was this was definitely your your big hit. And Benjamin corroborated um, this story as well. And uh, it is uh, it's prominent throughout, and everybody knows about this. And actually, this is another one that people talk about the kids being able to see more. 
which is wow the kids yeah that i have not heard about because the this legend is like all over latin america and mexico and that i have never right. heard wow and this thing keeps coming up all of these things in fact everybody i talked to specified that it's the kids are always particularly most sensitive to it right so more often than not it's the kids who see the woman at the uh, the washerwoman and it's the kids who see mm -hmm. like people will feel and sense it but more more often it's it's the kids they kept coming back it's the kids the kids and at first because my spanish is so terrible i thought <laughs> they were actually telling me like that there's there's the spirits of kids like it's ghost kids oh like, yeah that yeah. are just like <laughs> the whole city is just completely haunted by all these ghost kids and the more I talked about it, I was like, the more I realized, no, 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 no. They're telling me that it's the kids that are seeing it more. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> I'm like, Phew. oh, it's much. That's better. That's much like, better. In a way, yeah. <laughs> it's totally a little comforting <laughs> in a weird way. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, uh, the cart of death um, is, is actually said to manifest in the street and it's right there. So there's the park house. And the the little wash plaza, and then this road that actually leads um, down into the park and up the hill to where the mission was up on the hill. And this is mm -hmm. where the cart appears, and it is advised not to be there past midnight to avoid encountering la carta muerte. <laughs> And the cart is said to be drawn by two horses, driven by figures, cloaked in dark robes, and carrying a coffin. It is said that if you hear it, you should run away, because the person in the coffin will be you. We did not stay past midnight, but we said our goodbyes, <laughs> yeah. and gracefully thanked uh, Francisco and Benjamin and the rest of the staff at the Hotel Sierra Nevada for their hospitality and willingness to share their history and folklore with us. Uh, and I have some interpretations of, in general, mm -hmm. of this legend, because the, as you said, uh, it is common throughout Latin America, just like La, la, mm -hmm. la, 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 kind of shared a belief that there's a, a, a an element to it that is analogous to to slavery and trafficking so it's like it's like a manifestation of this cultural trauma yes from mm -hmm. uh yeah from colonization in general so like you know and how do we separate a, a true spirit from a haunting and like do we even have to do that too right like exactly exactly the culture is haunted by yes. these by these things and uh it manifests in its very real way and so in particular what i find interesting about this one is that the, the cart is right there on the this is the road that went to the mission and during colonial times that's like that adds like a layer of like Mm, exactly yeah. <laughs> right like it's just right yes. there right like that's that's what's mm -hmm. going on and and uh a, a similar thing with la Arona, 
like how this idea that she's always associated with 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 riverways, waterways, and and roads, and even train tracks, and this where like uh, a lot of human trafficking happens too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it gets pretty heavy and pretty intense. But this um, uh, so much respect and 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 beauty for the the culture here in this place, and it's uh, such an awesome like a gem of a place and i'm so grateful to have have gotten to go there and i even think that i think i was called to it because it was so random uh, of all the places yeah just how <laughs> everything went down that that does seem very and random afterwards i learned um i went back and looked at my like my my 23 and me and found like i have dna markers coming from Guanajuato like hundreds of years ago oh from this from that region right like not too far away yeah and there's also uh, it's a whole this this is a whole topic for a whole another another podcast uh but the the cañada de la virgen is a uh a indigenous uh pyramid site that's like 45 minutes oh. away it's a incredibly preserved uh temple complex and uh we got we got to go there because that's my other thing it's my other research i'm also a uh oh culturalist i'm now looking at pictures yeah, of it uh cultural astronomy wow um in fact that's what i'm i'm working on my masters in folklore uh focusing Amazing. on cultural astronomy so like i i got in with the uh, the researchers there uh to to uh do some do some field work at that site wow, wow yeah i'm looking at all the pictures it looks beautiful it's uh, apparently oh it's otomi so okay. it's otomi uh-huh. are the current are the are the prominent the most, most recent, recent indigenous folks in the area who claim ancestry to it but the oh. um there's other indicators that um like uh things came from uh teotihuacan oh and uh in particular like the burials there's two burials that are really interesting and remarkable and they were they're like one of them is uh an an elder man who's uh identified as being about 52 years old when he died and was mummified but he was died and mummified a thousand years before he was buried and they believe that oh so he came from somewhere else yeah and that they moved him there Wow. And then the other one is uh, La, La Nina Carrera. Is, so it's a 13-year-old girl who is dressed as a warrior. Oh, 13-year-old warrior. Wow. And okay. p- it's particularly interesting because it's the only, it's the only uh, burial that we're aware of where a, a girl is dressed as a warrior. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It's really fascinating. 
uh, if you get in deep into like the like the the mythology of like the Nawa people, very similar to mm -hmm. the uh, very similar like similar to Atomi. Um, linguistically, they're different, but traditions are very similar. And there's a lot of implications with with like um, associations with deities and those individual burials. So they think that, for example, like the the elder, uh, there's some things that indicate similarities to Tetzcalipoca because oh, he's missing his okay. limb, like his his leg is not there, mm -hmm. and he's buried with um. You know, uh, you know what the kopili, the headdress. His headdress yes. is bones, is carved mm. in the shape of feathers. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so there's speculation that there may be some kind of association with him, as like a personification of Tetzcalipoca, but. Tetzcalipoca wow. wasn't the main deity for the Otomi, but he was right. more for Nawa. And Otomi knew Tezcalipoca, but not in the same way. They they were more right. working with Mishkoa, who is associated with the Milky Way galaxy. And mm -hmm. uh, it gets it's so it's so deep. Like that is a whole, that's a whole topic. Wow, that's amazing that you got to see all these stuff. Yeah, it's really. I'm very. I feel like <laughs> to get not to get too woo about it, but especially after like <laughs> there's just so many like really intensely mystical things that we experienced. That like when I came mm -hmm. back, I was like, that was just so bizarrely random that like just out of nowhere we were like out of the midst of covid right like yeah it's like okay now it's time just go here and right into the it's in the geographical center of mexico mm -hmm. and so like it's it's someplace like i'd never heard of before and and we're we're being called to go here and we have this incredible uh experience and and uh then afterwards i come back and i, I looked back at my my dna and like, oh i have some i have some ancestors from that way i think i might have been called to it yeah truly amazing yeah so so that's that's my story. <laughs> love it, love it. Thank you so much for <laughs> finally coming on. Not not that it was you. It was like me rescheduling a bunch of times. <laughs> I mean, we wanted to uh, we wanted to try to do like last fall actually, and that was my true, end. True. Just trying to get because we moved moved to Estonia and trying to get settled. So that was on my end first. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Once everything finally got settled, now. But uh, I would definitely love to keep this going, right? Yeah. Uh, as part of the Crypto Science Society, I would be honored 
to invite you and uh, MJ to become formal members of of the group. Oh, what? Oh my gosh! Thank yes. you, honorary members. <laughs> wow, you, you assisted us with this uh, investigation and this research. So, wow. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, we're happy to continue collaborating with you in all of the ways. Sounds good. Yes, love it. Wow, I'm taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, and before we go, we like to give uh, our listeners spooky recommendations. Oh, yeah. It can be any type of like media. Um, do you have any? Mm. I would say um, probably the uh, Prey. Oh, yes. Love it. Yes, it oh, does. <laughs> yeah. So as a spooky recommendation, although there's, there, it deserves some criticism, there, there are a few mm-hmm. things that are pretty cringy, and I, I was pretty upset with like kind of the, the, the portrayal of um, the the feminine person having to kind of fight to be a warrior, uh, which mm, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, definitely a, a Western kind of mindset imposition. Is like this is three hundred mm-hmm. Comanche three hundred years ago. That's not really something that they would have been worrying about. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, there's there's a a number of examples, even more more recent uh, contemporary examples of women being warriors and like gender fluidity and all that kind of stuff, sacred right. things. Right. Yes. But from what I understand, you know, like producers and like Hollywood. They always have to make compromises in for in order for things to happen, like mm-hmm. like um, when Evanescence first had their first album, they had to have a male vocal on the track in order for them to get signed on the record, which was total yes. Oh. And then once they were big, they were like, okay, we don't need that anymore. They yep. dished them, <laughs> but like like for this kind of thing, from what I understand, that was one of those things that need they they had to make that compromise with the producers. In order to, to to let it be made, but on the other side, it's mm-hmm. really awesome, like indigenous empowerment kind of thing, and a whole like perspective of, yeah, dude, Comanches beat a predator. Yes, yes. And a woman, don't mess with those indigenous women. <laughs> right. <laughs> they will mess you up. Yeah, it it was really good. I I'm gonna probably rewatch yeah, it here. Definitely. I'll <laughs> rewatch it again. Let it all sink in. But there's also implications too about like the um like uh relationships to uh, like legendary creatures, right? Like there's all kinds of mm, folklore yeah. uh within that about different kinds of beings. We could have a whole Mm-hmm. Do a whole episode on that. Let's schedule it. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my recommendation. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then mine for this week. I just finished reading the Hacienda by Isabel Cañas, and really good gothic horror. A um. Well, I don't want to spoil things. I always spoil things in my summaries, and <laughs> I'm trying not to. Is do it that. like it's a, like a legit gothic horror written in Spanish? No, it's in it's in English. Um, 
but yeah, it's yeah, I would it would qualify as a gothic horror. Because there's there's a, a book. Have you heard of um? It's called Mexican Gothic. Um. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I I was excited about it. They um. That one she did do, it came out in English, but she did herself. The author is uh, Mexican-Canadian, right. and she translated it into Spanish herself. This other one that you're talking about, or is Mexican Gothic? Mexican Gothic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this one, this other one is in English, and, um, you know, it gets compared a lot, and I think it's it's a given with Mexican Gothic coming out first and being set in a um haunted you know right, house right. with a women uh protagonist and so people are going to compare the two and you know i love them both um they're different yeah. though so because people are like oh this is rebecca meets mexican gothic and i just hate when right. people take two popular things to compare it to right. something it new. can be like, its own thing let it be its own thing yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, this book is amazing. I read, I listened to the audiobook, and there was just some parts that were just so creepy that I'm like, I don't think I would have gotten that same vibe from reading the book myself. So, yes, really good book. Uh, definitely recommend cool. it. All right. I have to check that one out. Yes. Yeah. And before we go, do you want to share your socials, anything that you want um, sure. people to find you? We're on all the socials. And uh, we have a podcast. So the easiest way to go there is just look up the link tree, which is uh, link tree. It's paracryptology at linktree.com. And I will share the link in the show cool. notes. But yeah, it's uh, paracryptology. But yeah, just uh, link tree paracryptology or just Google Crypto Science Society. And uh, the podcast comes up on most things pretty easy perfect and again i will share it in the show notes and yeah thanks for listening everyone thank you so much jason for coming on and stay as spooky we'll catch everyone next time bye bye thank you so much to the spooky supporting us on patreon ashes Anne, melida janie michelle monica modesto cynthia perla Jesenia, Dalia, Mariela, Rene, Iris, Ghost Train, and Madtown Charity. Your support means the world to us. And if you want to join the Patreon and get bonus episodes, monthly goodies in the mail, and more, go over to patreon.com slash spooky tales. Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, produced and edited by Christina, and is a proud member of the Cultivate Network. For more podcasts on the network, check out CultivatePodcastNetwork.com. Don't forget to check out our Spooky merch. We have Spooky shirts, we have No Mamas shirts, and we have a cool hat that I just added. It's like a baseball hat, not like a hat hat. Um, we also have a beanie in there, and they just say Spooky on there, but I'm a big fan of the hat. It says Spooky in Old English letters, and I love it. I wear it every day, not because I want to go around repping the podcast, but it's comfy. It's a great hat. You can go to SpookyTales.com store. I'm always adding new designs. And feel free to share this with a spooky friend. Spooky season is coming up, so uh, make sure you rate and review and tell your friends about us. Stay a spooky.